freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome back to our number two of episode 148 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, our theme today, what we are talking about today is that every villain in every story wants the same thing, and that is control. And uh, the reason that's on my mind is because our family just spent a weekend in Disneyland. We do so love the happiest place on earth and the time as a family, just, just letting our hair down and being silly. But on this particular trip, I just kept finding myself thinking about the comparisons of how fairy tale storytelling compares to real life and just kind of wondering, well, which way does it go? Does art imitate life or does life follow art? And one thing that kept coming to my mind is that the villain in each and every story is seeking to, in some way, control and enslave the hero or heroine of every story. The evil queen wants to control and take the freedom and even the life of those who simply want to enjoy the beauty of life, love, freedom, and happiness. The wicked sorcerer wants to enslave or kill those who are simply living their lives. And while some villains are male, some are female, others are dragons and even snakes. The one thing they all have in common is that they want to reach into the life of someone who is causing them no harm and take something away from the other. Kind of like, exactly like, Every single real-life bad guy and every person and politician who wants to restrict your rights and mine to protect and defend our families, our homes, and our very lives in our quest to be responsibly armed citizens. So while we're thinking about that and considering that, I want to introduce our next guest. We're so excited to have him on, Caleb Kruckenberg. He is litigation counsel for the NCLA, New Civil Liberties Alliance. Caleb has broad legal experience, often averse to the government. He developed his principled opposition to the administrative state from his experiences as a criminal defense attorney after witnessing one too many prosecutions arising from technical violations of impenetrable regulations. And he's here to talk to us today about this thing called the bump stock ban. So welcome to the show, Caleb. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So we are, you know, this thing, this bump stock ban, there's so many people that are like, oh, I don't care. It doesn't matter. I don't care anything about bump stocks. But when you look at the the overarching, the bigger picture 
um, sometimes our rights aren't actually given or taken from us. We we kind of roll over and give them away. And your organization is saying, mm, yeah, maybe not so much. Um, and you're you've taken up a a uh, a lawsuit on behalf of someone named W. Clark Apotian, if I'm saying that right. That's right. And it's interesting that you you talk about it and you introduce this as a discussion about control because that's really what it's about. Um, the New Civil Liberties Alliance was founded um, to preserve ordinary American civil liberties against the government and government encroachment. And one of our areas of concern is that we want to protect the constitutional order. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, is I say that, you know, Congress is supposed to write laws, and they're supposed to say what is and is not prohibited. And it, the lawmaking function is, belongs only to Congress. Mm-hmm. And what we've seen in the bump stock rule, which is a, a regulation that was passed by the ATF, um, in violation of the law that Congress wrote, is the ATF is taking over that lawmaking function to ban a product and, and say that people who have lawfully purchased bump stocks are now criminals because they've, they've broke our unwritten rule that, mm-hmm. that we took away from Congress. Mm-hmm. And so... We filed a lawsuit on behalf of our client, uh, Mr. Pojan, because he is a law-abiding citizen who purchased a bump stock with the explicit permission of the ATF, and now, because of the actions of the ATF, because of political pressure, he's facing potential felony prosecution unless he surrenders his device. So, Caleb, welcome to the show. This is Dan. Um, So you're saying that the ATF has ruled that these things are illegal, but that's the same ATF that... Uh, a couple of years ago said they were legal? That's right. And what what happened is, you know, Congress quite a long time ago issued limitations on machine guns. And they, they wrote a law that said basically what a machine gun is. And it's, it's pretty simple. It's, you know, more or less, it's when you pull a trigger of a firearm, it, if it continues to fire without pulling the trigger again, it's, it's a machine gun. Mm-hmm. And so the ATF for years has said that bump stocks are not machine guns, they're firearms accessories, because they don't meet the definition that Congress passed for a machine gun. It's You still have to pull the trigger every time uh, the weapon fires a bullet, even if you use a, a bump stock. But now, even though the ATF has said this for years, they've said it consistently since 2009 at least, um, the ATF has changed their minds. And they said, actually, never mind. What we said wasn't true anymore. We're going to change the law, and we're going to now say that bump stocks are machine guns. Hmm. So what's to keep them from doing that with anything? Mm-hmm. There's really nothing. And that is, you know, that is why the New Civil Liberties Alliance has, has felt that this is an important case that we want to become involved with, because... This is exactly the kind of administrative overreach that we're dedicated to pushing back on. Because here we have an agency, the ATF, and they've essentially said that they know better than Congress what should and should be prohibited, and they get to write the rules that everybody has to follow. But that's not the way the con- the Constitution was written, and that that kind of government is, is not something that any of the framers would have recognized. 
Absolutely. So where are you in this process of taking up Utah resident W. Clark Aposhian's um, case? And it's a complaint, I guess, is the, the formal way of saying it. You've taken it up. What, what happens now? Where are we in the process? So the, the, the bump stock regulation, which would uh, make possession of bump stocks into a felony, goes into effect on March 26th. And so we filed a, a federal lawsuit trying to stop that from going into effect. We've also filed for a preliminary injunction, and we basically asked the court to stop the, the rule from going into effect until our case can be decided. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a hearing on that request um, on February 14th, so coming up next week, and we will be appearing in federal court and hopefully the federal court will see that this is a, a blatant violation of the constitutional limits that are required for lawmaking, and the judge will stop this, this rule from going into effect. There are so many flaws with this. I mean, isn't there a law that says that if the government takes away something from you that they have to compensate you for that item, and there's none of that in that provision? Well, and that's, that's a very concerning aspect of, of this rule. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. Congress considered a variety of different um, pieces of legislation to considered regulating bump stocks, and ultimately Congress decided not to do so. But even when Congress was thinking about regulating bump stocks, they were very careful. And they said over and over again, any kind of prohibition would be forward-looking, which means that, you know, maybe you can't manufacture these devices in the future. But even Congress wasn't willing to say, for the people who bought these lawfully, we're going to take them away, and, and there's nothing you can do about it. But this regulation, it just says very sort of matter-of-factly at the very end, it says if you own a bump stock, and, and even the ATF estimates there are about 500,000 of these devices that were lawfully purchased in the U.S., if you own one, then you have to destroy it or surrender it to the ATF, or they're going to criminally prosecute you. And, and they certainly are not going to compensate owners for and that's, their property. And that's another strange thing. Back in um, the 80s, there was a gun called the MAC-10 that was a semi-automatic gun that had an open bolt. And when the ATF ruled that open bolt guns are machine guns, you had the opportunity to register them as full auto. Uh, pay the tax and register them. They're not offering that this time. I wonder why. That's that's absolutely right. And I, I think it it really demonstrates that, you know, if, if the democratic process were allowed to work, and, you know, the whole point of Congress making the law is that if, if people don't like the laws, then they can vote their representatives out. And, and I think that that kind of democratic check is why Congress wasn't willing to take this kind of step. They're not willing to take away people's devices. But the ATF doesn't have those concerns. They're not concerned about getting voted out of office. And so that's why they can issue rules like this that are, you know, they have no process and that are so unbelievably invasive and, Mm -hmm. and there's no accountability. Well, could I go on a kind of a dangerous slope here? Um, so let's say that we had a president that is pro-gun, but this tragedy that happened in Las Vegas made him have to do something. 
And so they, knowing that the ATF would do what they did, but then also knowing that when it goes to court, it's going to be thrown out. At least he could say, well, I did something. I tried. Hmm. Does that make any sense at all? Well, I I certainly can't speculate about what the motivations are behind this. Um, But I think it's very telling that even um, even Democratic senators, when when they were debating bump stock laws in Congress, said over and over again, if the ATF tries to regulate these by rule, Mm -hmm. which is now what they've done, the courts are going to strike them down. Mm -hmm. And I I think there's been a lot of agreement in Congress that the ATF doesn't have the power to issue this regulation. And, you know, I I can't speculate about political motives, but we're certainly, uh, we agree with them that there's no authority for the ATF to act like they have. Well, and it's just crazy how they the everyone just kind of passed the buck off to the ATF. Maybe some were hoping that, well, they've already ruled twice before that they, they have no say in this game, so they're going to say the same thing. Or if they do decide to, to make some new rule about it like they did, then maybe, you know, we're hoping that with the Supreme Court being, you know, uh, the new justices that have been secured, uh, that maybe they will follow the Constitution and, and make a, a forever, for however forever any rule can be or <laughs> ruling can be, but a forever law. But either way, right now where we sit, we're, we're on February 6, 2019, where we sit right now. It, this is a bad precedent. This is a, a really, um, I, I don't even know bad is not strong enough, but it's what I've got right now. Uh, it, this is not the way that it was set up to be. This is not the way we should be doing things. And I'm glad that the new Civil Liberties Alliance um, is stepping up to to say that in the courts. Um, but people right now, today, where we're st- sitting, what if I if they owned a, a bump stock? What are, are they facing a felony right now, or it would be fine until the 26th, and then they have to destroy it? Where are we with that piece of it? Well, as things stand right now. Um, anyone who owns a bump stock on March 26th of this year would become a felon if they didn't surrender it before that date. Um, we're hoping we can stop that. Mm-hmm. And we're hoping that when we go to court next week, the uh, federal court will stay the rule so that lawful owners of these devices can keep them past that date. Mm-hmm. Well, there's assuming that every bump stock is owned by an individual person, there are 500 and, you know, 20 some thousand people out there who are in the same shoes as Mr. Aposhian, who that you're helping. Um, Is there anything that they can do to step up and and help with this case or help with the the financial end of of fighting a big lawsuit like this? What can they do? Well, Certainly anyone who owns a a bump stock and purchased one lawfully, uh, the New Civil Liberties Alliance would be be happy to talk with them. Um, You can find information about us at www.nclalegal.org. We are more than happy to talk to other people in this situation. Also, you know, we're a nonprofit, and so we appreciate 
contributions. We appreciate people just spreading the word and telling telling them about our mission and about our work. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing that scares me about this, Caleb, is that some people don't even know they own one. There are, you know, because... Like they pe- bought it and they forgot. Or somebody or... bought it and then they passed away and their family has it. Oh, gosh. They might not even know that they have a bump stock and now they are felons or will That's be right. felons. And, and unfortunately, you know, the ATF has a history and, and the the federal government has a history of prosecuting firearms offenses very rigidly. And um, unfortunately, there are all sorts of prosecutions that come up like this, where people might have a weapon or might have a device. They might know it's a device. They might not understand that it's a prohibited device. Mm -hmm. And that's not a defense. Mm -hmm. Well, every single buttstock that came out came with a letter that said that these were approved by the ATF. And I just cannot believe that they would be able to win a case in court that all of a sudden they changed their mind without any modifications, they decided that now they're illegal. I just cannot see any court saying, yeah, they're right. I, and I would hope I, I would hope that you're right about that. And, and my fear is that the government might try to prosecute people in that situation. Yes. And, and that's why we've, we've gotten involved. Well, we so appreciate it. And I think... You know, we've used a phrase here in in this interview with you that we haven't used before on the show, this administrative power, right? And it's different than legal power. It's different than congressional power, presidential power. It's it's power that they they shouldn't have because it's just administrative um, people who are hired to do jobs, not elected to do jobs. And we, the citizens that are being affected by this administrative power, we have no avenue other than to reach out to a group like the NCLA um, to, to push back on these things. That's right. And I, and I think you, you said it so well earlier where you were talking about accountability. And you know, the administrative state and the administrative exercise of power is really about lawmaking without any kind of accountability to the people. And and that is so opposed to what lawmaking should be. And that's not what our, con- our Constitution considered, and it's certainly not what co- our Constitution allows. Well, thank you again so much for all you're doing. Um, tell folks again, just as we go out, um, how they can support the work that you're doing, um, support uh, your client who is there by the grace of God or all of us, um, because even if you don't care about what it is today, maybe you don't care about it being a bump stock today, eventually it will be about something you do care about. So stopping it earlier is more important than sitting back and waiting and being reactionary. Um, But tell folks how they can help out with what you're doing. So the, the simplest way to help out is to go to our website, um, www.nclalegal.org. Um, we have information about all of our all of our cases, not just the bump stock case. Um, you can follow us. You can call us, um, and and just become aware of this issue. I think that's that's really my role right now is try to educate people about the issues that affect them, even if they don't know it. Fantastic. And uh, again, thank you for all you're doing. 
Caleb Kreckenberg of the New Civil Liberties Alliance, the NCLA. Uh, check it out online. See what you can do to help out. We, we would appreciate you helping those that are trying to help all of us. Thank you again, Caleb. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. All right. Stick around. We still have Michael Woodland on the other side of these messages. He owns Munitions Weapons Tactical, and he is also the co-host of the Black Man with a Gun podcast with Ken Blanchard. Stick around. When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com, or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide home town gun shop well we are glad you're here with us today and if you have missed any portion of today's show please go to our website gunfreedomradio.com click the on demand tab and binge listen to your heart's content all of the episodes we have posted there and when you want to put a face with a voice click the guest tab You'll find photos and bios and links to all the works of all the guests we've ever had on. It is a tremendous resource, and, you know, we don't hate it when you spend some time there. All right, well, our next guest, we are super excited to bring him on, Michael Woodland. He is the co-host of the Black Man with a Gun podcast with Ken Blanchard, and Michael also owns Munitions Weapons Tactical. He's a certified NRA instructor giving classes on the handgun and AR platform rifle to provide a service to the community and organizations that care to pursue the continuing education of firearm safety and training. He has served in the military, and since his departure, his mission is to pass his knowledge on to the public through his journey in the Second Amendment. And we are so excited to have you on. Welcome to the show, Michael. Hey, Miss Cheryl. How you doing today? So good. Dan's here, too. I might let him get a word hey, Michael, in. Michael, thank you. If she lets me talk, she probably won't. <laughs> well, how you doing, Dan? Um, I'm glad I'm you're doing... on the show as well. Thank you. I think I'm doing okay. I'll have to ask Cheryl, though. Am I doing okay, Cheryl? Uh, yeah, he's okay. He's all right. I'll answer for him, because then that gives him less airtime and me more. So that's... <laughs> <laughs> That's the ticket. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you uh, for your service, Michael, to our, our country. And 
also for your continued passion for helping to educate people about firearms, constitutional issues, and safety. I just, I want to ask you, where does the passion come from? Um, I think it all started for me when I was a kid, and my father used to always talk to me and my brother about gun laws and talking to us about the Constitution and how everything works and put it into play. And then it got backed up with me joining the military, and then after that, it just continued for me. So what you're saying is that when parents talk to their kids, that they're passing along the torch of of knowledge and freedom. And that's really what we talk about here all the time on Gun Freedom Radio. And you are living proof, a living example of that. Correct. Um, So like I said, my dad used to always talk to us, like what you do when you get pulled over. Um, what you do when you go to the courthouse, the law says this, the law says that, and you know how to read it and read between the lines. And it was an educational experience. But when we was younger, I thought that was the norm and everybody else was doing that. Mm-hmm. But, of course, you know, when you're talking to other people, you figure out that every family is not getting those same lessons. Michael, wouldn't that be great? I mean, think about it. If you just teach your kid who's driving for the first time what to do if you get pulled over, how much better off we would be because they a lot of them don't know mm-hmm. that's so true and uh one of our guests today is uh our arizona congressman paul gosar and he was talking about you know the magic that happens you know a lot of times parents talking to kids the kids are like yeah whatever mom and dad but then we have grandkids he said they really listen. So Dan and I are going to totally run with that ball because we we have uh, one granddaughter and, a, and another grandbaby on the way, and uh, we're going to live that up. So when uh, when you have kids and grandkids, you can remember that. You might not get through the first generation, but the next one, you've got a chance. <laughs> well, I have something to look forward to, then. Absolutely. I didn't listen to my parents or my grandparents, but I'd sure listen to Cheryl. <laughs> Whatever she says goes. <laughs> oh, he sounded really believable just then, right? Like I, I think. Oh, don't I, pinch me like that. <laughs> I think you over rehearsed that a little bit. All right, so back on track. Um, in a you know, in a similar vein of of having this passion for teaching others, you have this GoFundMe page set up, and you, it's to help for special training for law enforcement officers, and it's a really unique idea, and I'm going to let you tell folks about it. Okay. Um, So the concept came back to me a couple years ago. I was still in the military at the time, whereas everybody was making a big deal about officers shooting people after they give a command. Hmm. So where's your ID at? It's in the truck. Go get it. And then when they reach in the truck, they shoot them, whatever the case may be. Um, So... Once again, resorting back to my father, he used to always tell me if there was a problem, you come up with an answer, but don't come up with um, just talking. Come up with action to make a change happen. Mm. So um, the change that I proposed was, okay, we can get these officers in training for jiu-jitsu training for a year at no cost to them or the police department, whereas they're going to be better off on their job, you know, health-wise, They can make a a more conscious decision for being in better shape. And they're not going to resort to the gun as the first and last measures of, you know, handling the situation. I love that. So you're adding to the toolbox, really. 
Correct. And like I said, um, it gives the officer, um, like I said, a better way and a healthier life choice, you know, and it carries over to their job and family as well. So so the GoFundMe is mm -hmm. um, GoFundMe.com forward slash LEO training all together. And so what what happens then when people are donating? You know, some people have, you know, well, I'll give up a cup of coffee. There's five bucks or some people have, you know, well, I know I've got some money coming back on the tax return. Here's a hundred bucks or however much. Um, what are kind of the goals and what what do you need in order to to train a single officer? OK, so um, last year. I started this, um, physically started it last year after thinking about it for about two years. And my goal last year was to put three officers through training. And I can only successfully get one officer through training. Mm. So this year, I'm back at it again, and hopefully I can get three officers through training. And to get one officer through training in a year, it's going to cost um, $1,240, mm-hmm. right? So when you do the breakdown, and I'm not making no money off of this. This is just me helping out the community, and I sure. want to. If it gets big enough, I want to put it on a national platform. Mm-hmm. Whereas um, the gym that I go to, it's ninety dollars a month, and then the gi that they will get for training, um, what they get um, for you know participating in the program, is about one hundred and sixty, hundred and seventy dollars. Okay. So if you take ninety times twelve plus the gi, that's where you get the twelve forty from. And so um, is it just for officers that are near you uh, because you're just kind of starting this out? Or uh, how, how are you choosing officers? Well, like I said, all right, so right now with this year, I'm trying to get three officers in Columbia, mm-hmm. right? If I surpass that goal in Columbia, now I want to take it to Charlotte, mm-hmm. then Atlanta, mm-hmm. right? Then Jacksonville, mm-hmm. you know, then um, Montgomery, Alabama. And just, like I said, if I can actually get it to where it's going across the nation and when people donate and they actually say, okay, I want this to go to this police department in this city. All right, too easy. We'll make it happen. I love it. Have you gotten any kind of pushback on this? I mean, it sounds like such a kind of a no-brainer idea to give people more tools, but have you gotten any pushback? um, No pushback, but the only thing I really do get is like when I'm out and about in the city, and the officers in Richland County and Columbia, South Carolina, they recognize me. They'll walk up to me and be like, hey, Mike, how's it going? And, you know, that kind of looks funny because now everybody's looking at me like, who is this guy? <laughs> you know, You're kind of a big deal. So, um, I got yeah, to meet so you at SHOT Show. Like You're kind of a big deal. Yeah, you know, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And speaking of a big deal, our very first ever guest on Gun Freedom Radio was Mr. Ken Blanchard. And he uh, is now our mutual friend. You and I both uh, just have such huge respect for this man. How did you get connected with Ken and become part of his Black Man with a Gun podcast? Okay, so um, starting off back in 2014, when I actually started Munitions Weapons Tactical or M-W Tactical, um, Ken had reached out to me and asked me if it was okay to do an interview. Sure, let's do it. We did an interview. And I didn't hear back from him again for about six months. He contacted me six months later after the interview and stated he would like for me to do a segment of the show because he thinks I have a speaking voice for radio. Awesome. And, yeah, now you fast forward, you know, what, three years later, I'm still there. That is fantastic. I just love it. He's such a 
an encourager and he really has a gift I think for pulling people's talents out of them and, and helping to grow them and I just think that's tremendous. Oh, yeah, yeah he, he's taught me a lot when it comes to podcasting but he also taught me a lot when I'm using it for interviewing as well mm-hmm. you know so it's there's more to it than what you think it is you can't just jump into it but I think he actually made it me a well-rounded individual when it comes to the aspects of product reviews and um, interviews for the show. Wow, that's amazing! Learning from the best—that's that's awesome. So, yeah, what that's other what I said. OJT? Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. Um, and what other projects are you kind of working on? What's kind of out there on the horizon, bubbling around? Uh, one project that I'm working on is called Operation Training Day in which I do want to thank you for your contributions to that. You're welcome. Yes, and Operation Training Day is nothing more than we're going to do a video documentary of traveling around to various instructors and debunking the myth of people saying they don't need to pay X amount of dollars for training. Mm -hmm. But we're going to start, like, local training and then work our way up, and then you can actually see the benefits of training from different people and their perspective. And overall, when you sit there and you look at it, if we're all talking about carrying firearms, we can't just have a firearm and think we can do whatever you can do with it. You have to get that muscle memory and that repetition down to be consistent and precise when it comes to shooting. Man, I could not agree with you more. I could not have said that any better, but I think it's a really cool idea. Um, And so that's something else that... Uh, was it a GoFundMe uh, that I contributed to? I can't remember how I got there, but it was Operation Training Day, um, some yes. kind of a fundraiser. So, yeah, so we got a GoFundMe for that one as well, which is GoFundMe.com forward slash Operation Training Day. And um, the funds for that is nothing more than it's going to help us with travel because we're traveling around, but we don't have any like big sponsors that tagged on to it. So if anybody's listening and they want to, jump on board and help us out, please do. You can email me at info at M-W Tactical or just donate to the GoFundMe, which is GoFundMe.com forward slash Operation Training Day. That's awesome. Um, So like I mentioned, we got to meet in person at the Big Shot Show, which is, of course, the industry event uh, where they bring out all the manufacturers and um, you know, all the different kinds of uh, equipment and um, accessories and all the different kinds of things that those of us that are in the more the retail end of, of the gun business uh, can kind of see what's available and how to best serve our, um, our clientele with new products. Um, but what did you find at the SHOT Show that you felt like this is something that is either you met somebody or you you fought, found a new product or what was your takeaway a couple of your takeaways from shot show this year well, as far as products there was a few unique products that i really enjoyed getting my hands on one was the walter steel frame q5 match and when that first came out everybody was talking about it but actually touching it and shooting it it was an eye-opener because when I do competition shooting, I actually shoot the polymer version of the Q5, uh, Q5 match. Mm. And there's a big difference between those two when you're shooting it. And that all still, wow, it's very impressive. It was great, um, but I also saw the impressive price tag on that steel <laughs> one. Oh, 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> so um, if you want it, you're going to have to save up for it if it's not in your budget right now. <laughs> well, a lot of people don't realize this, but the polymer guns, you know, they're molded. They're just, they're put together mass produced where a steel gun has to be milled and, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of work. So that's why they're more money. They are nice. I did shoot that gun. It was awesome. Yeah, so they, they have that in um, the local gun store here in Columbia, South Carolina. And when I walked in, the price tag on it was, if I remember correctly, 1500 Yeah. And because there's two versions of it. Um, and I, I don't want to quote the names right or wrong, but the difference is one has a magwell and the other one doesn't. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the one that... um. Yeah, the one that I was looking at in the store, the price tag was like fifteen hundred for it. Yeah, I think they have a suggested retail of around sixteen something. So, that's so my dad used to say, "Save your lunch money." So it's like, <laughs> if there was ever anything I wanted, that was his answer: save your lunch money. So uh, save up. So what else did you find at the shot show? Um, there was a couple other um, PCC um, carbine rifles, um, pistol carbine rifles, whereas um, they shoot like ten millimeter, nine millimeter um, rounds. The best part about it was, like, once again, you get to shoot them and, you know, figure out how they're going to fit into your, your platform. Mm-hmm. Um, Soul Invictus and Black Rain Ordnance, those were the two companies that had the PCCs that, you know, sold me over. Yeah. And, and then it was, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, were those things that you got to shoot out at the range uh, during the media day, or did you just handle them on the gun, uh, the shot show floor? No, this was on uh, range day. And um, so I actually put rounds in the gun and shoot it. Range um, day so, was awesome, wasn't it? The only thing that oh, I, it was cold. Man. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the only thing I had against me. So the people that I was with, everybody was joking on me because, you know, I don't like the cold. Right. And I'm more like started complaining and crying like, yo, it's cold out here. It's cold out here. Then next thing you know, I reached in my bag and pulled out my big winter coat and I was warm. Right. And the next thing you know, you start seeing everybody else walking around with winter coats. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I probably should have wore a bigger coat. But, you know, you can kind of forget about it when you're shooting. But then when you're waiting in line to shoot, it gets cold again. I, oh, yeah. I really like the um, the Caltech, that new 22 pistol that they have that shoots 33 rounds of 22 long rifle. Uh, did you get a chance to shoot that? Every time I went to the Caltech booth, the line was too long. And I didn't want to, like, waste time just sitting in line waiting for one product. So right. I figured I can go to knock out two or three other booths and come back to the Caltech booth. Mm-hmm. But every time I'd done that, it was like the line was longer and longer. Yeah. You know? This is really a popular and, item this year. Right. They they had some really nice items. They also have the PMR carbine, which is a twenty two Magnum carbine. And uh, that was impressive. I shot quite a bit with that. Uh, one of the things that really got me was the uh, long range. I have never shot long range before, and they had a 6.5 Creedmoor uh, rifle, and they had me shoot at a thousand yards. Before you know, and I I can't even see a thousand yards. But <laughs> what's really interesting is that it had a little red light that would f- flash if you hit the target, and the um, you could pull the trigger and count one, two, three, ding, and that's when the light would come on. Is and the wind, you you know how the wind was. So I actually hit a target at a thousand yards, which I would have never believed. Yeah, I'm I never going to hear the end of it, by the way. So, yeah. uh. but now <laughs> to add to that story about you hitting that thousand yard target, you got to understand like a lot of people when they go shoot, the wind conditions are more steadier yeah. than where they are. Yeah. Right. 
and you're you're doing that in like precise military training. Like yeah. when conditions like that is what the military trains for. Right. So and I had gets- a really I had a really good spotter, and he 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 told me what to do. He says go about uh, half a yard the other way and pull the trigger. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. So, so, like I said, you, you was on a professional round when it comes to shooting that round. So yeah. Dan gets to brag. I have to let him brag. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> All right. Well, you know, I mentioned on here that you own, uh, I'm going to say it, you know, the, the cool way, M-Dub Tactical, right? That's it. That's Mun- it. <laughs> munitions, weapons, tactical. What is that site about? I know you've got a blog. Is that where you're putting some of the the material from, you know, the SHOT Show Media Day? What, what do we find when we go there? All right. So if you go to the, um, the website, www.m-wtactical.com, it's just a website that talks about me, um, a little bit about me and my, little, and my background. Also, it has um, services that I provide as far as various forms of training from the handgun to the AR and concealed weapons permit. And then there's another link on there where you can buy um, shirts, hoodies, mugs, you know, that I sell off the website. There's a blog, as you already discussed, where I talk about various um, topics or a journey that I went on. But the most important part on there is the media links. And that page is linked to everything I associate within the social media realm of everything I've got my hands on. Very, very cool. It is a great resource, and uh, I really do encourage everybody to go there, and that's m-wtactical.com, and click on the media link for that one. Michael, thank you so much for spending some time here with us today and and for everything you do. Um, I just really appreciate all that you're out there trying to give new training to our police officers that helps keep them safe, helps keep the public safe. Um, helping to train others with your Operation Training Day. I just really, I, I think everybody can really sit up, take note, and, and be inspired by that and hopefully encouraged to, to do some more of that for themselves. Um, as we go out, can you just tell folks again how they can follow all that you do? Okay, so if you go to Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, you can do a search for M-W Tactical or Munitions Weapons Tactical, and you'll see the picture of me holding a rifle, you know, with my back to it, shooting down range. You can also find me on gunstreamer.com and just look up munitions, weapons, tactical. And right there is where I put all my videos, whereas I do product reviews, which I call the um, the M-W tactical channel. Like I said, and we cover product reviews and various interviews with people related to the two-way community. My website, again, is www.m-wtactical.com. And if you want to call, you can call me at 803 803- Two five zero one two five six, and if I don't answer, please leave a voicemail, and I will get back to you. Or you that. can text that number as well. And my email is info at m-wtactical.com. Fantastic, and I do encourage everybody to, you know, take a few dollars, go to the GoFundMe's. You got the LEO training. You've also got the Operation Training Day. It's really uh, it's money going to a good place. There's no administrative costs coming to Michael. It's just going straight to the the work that he's trying to support and get done. Michael, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me, and I'm looking forward to seeing you again. Are you going to be at NRA? We're going to try. We we think we're going to go. We've got the new grandbaby coming right in that general time frame, so it's kind of in the baby's hands. <laughs> so. Well, like I said, if, if you happen to be at NRA, I will be looking for you. We'll be there, Michael, and thanks for what you do. Thank you very much.
Hey, no problem. You're more than welcome. All right. Bye-bye now. Michael Woodland. Love it. Okay, stick around. On the other side of these messages, we have our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report and Dan's Commentary. (laughs) Can you hum with a question mark? I think you just did. Yeah. (laughs) All right, stick around. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is Knoll Town Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. For straight shooting, look to the biggest little gun shop in the West, azfirearms.com, where they have everything you need to be a safe and responsible gun owner. Huge selection and a friendly and knowledgeable staff. They're my nationwide hometown gun shop, and you should make it yours, too. And when you go, tell them old Don Collier sent you. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, this is the part of the show that we get to talk to you and help celebrate the ordinary, everyday heroes that we call responsibly armed citizens. Fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. Responsibly armed citizens use guns two and a half million times a year for self-defense. And 200,000 times a year, a woman prevents a sexual assault because she was armed. Somehow we never hear these stories on the network news, so we are proud to bring them to you here on Gun Freedom Radio. How prepared are you for an encounter with danger? Maybe when you leave your home, you're armed and situationally aware of your surroundings, but how about at home? Home is supposed to be our sanctuary, after all, and is the one place on the planet where we should be able to completely let down our guard. And I suppose in a perfect world that would be true, but in the real world, danger is always looking for any time and any place where he might gain the upper hand. He is also known to enlist the help of those just like him so that he not only has the element of surprise on his side, but also hopes to outnumber you in his attack. 
which is exactly what happened recently in Houston, Texas, when a man who was relaxing at home in his private sanctuary from the craziness of the world was visited by danger and three of his minions who burst into the man's home. Well, it is easy to see exactly how this story might have ended for the unsuspecting homeowner, but thankfully this man was ready to defend his life and the lives of his family, and he was able to end Danger's evil plans in the immediacy of the attack because he is a responsibly armed citizen. In East Houston, police say a man apparently stood his ground against several home invaders overnight, shooting and killing three of them. It happened in the 7,000 block of Sherman Street. Here's reporter Matt Doherty. The guy who lives here still hasn't come back from the police station. As you can see, this section of the block is still taped off. Police say four men forced their way into the home. Then the resident grabbed his gun and started shooting. Police say one of the men died in the front yard. Two others died in the hospital. Now you can imagine how many rounds were fired by the number of evidence markers that you can see here. This group of women down the block are related to the men who were shot, but they didn't want to speak with us. The man who lives on the right-hand side of the duplex told us he was actually on his front porch with his baby last night when two men showed up with rifles. He says he ran inside the house and took cover. He says he believes the men were here to rob his neighbor. He told us he doesn't know his neighbor's name, only calls him Flacco. Again, the resident who shot the suspect still hasn't gotten back from the police station. Forensic investigators are still inside that side of the duplex collecting evidence. From the east side, I'm Matt Doherty, KHU 11 News. So they want to limit magazine capacity and how many rounds of ammunition you carry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've what, heard that. Wh- how many rounds would have been enough? Yeah, because you don't know until you're in it. And when you hear people say, well, if you need more than five rounds, then, you know, well, you don't know how many people are coming at you. And then we've got this other situation uh, where they're getting ready to tax the heck out of ammunition. Right. And we're going to talk about that. But one thing good for the socialist side, the good part is that he was equally shared the ammo. (laughs) He gave each one of them equal amount of ammo. So so for the socialist people out there. Let's be thankful of that. I like what you did there. I almost wanted that to be a James Brown moment, but But, uh, we'll save that. We'll save that because it is now time for Dan's commentary. Tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. A Connecticut Democrat state legislature introduced a bill recently to put a 50% tax on ammo. I think that was this Monday. Mm. That's correct. Representative Julian Gilchrist, a freshman legislature from Harvard, along with a freshman Democrat, Will Haskell, have introduced a bill for a 50% tax on ammo. The reason? cigarette The cigarette tax increase caused a reduction in use, so it should cause a reduction in use for ammo. But you don't use cigarettes to save your life. Right. Well, so on a 
On a social media post, she wrote, I'm hearing pushback about the need to protect one's home. How much ammunition does one need to do that? Hmm. Let's ask the guy in Texas. Exactly. Well, Julian, responsible gun owners train by shooting a lot of ammo. A lot of ammo. So how much ammo does one need? The news this week has really, really got me really upset. Watching the um, the State of Union address, which was awesome, but all this stuff, listen to that Cortez lady and all the stuff that she wants to do and all the things going on, I am just really going crazy here. Hey, if you're cool, you call her AOC, okay? Uh, so. <laughs> well, I'm not cool, but I mean, what is it going to get to? So look, they can't outlaw guns. Why don't they just tax the Constitution? You want free speech? There's a $50 tax for that. If you want a gun, you got to pay a tax for that. Is that how you get around Somebody's the law? taking notes right now. I know Stop they are. giving them ideas. Well, seriously. <laughs> they probably already thought of these ideas. By but. taxing ammunition, mm. they're taxing our Second Amendment. Amen. So why not tax free speech too? We don't like what you just said. Put $500 in the tip jar. Mm. You know? So... That's what it's going to come to. They can't win. They know they can't do it, so they're just going to tax it. Man. Well, remember, villains, you don't win mm-hmm. in the long run. Even a little mouse can beat a dragon. I like it. So That's good. Of course, you're, you're referring, the villains, you're referring to our theme today, every villain and every story. Right, and I just remember the Mickey Mouse in the fighting that big dragon, and he... He fought it with magic and beat it. I love it. Right? <laughs> our magic is, what is our magic? Involvement. The, the truth. And truth. Right. And knowledge. You're right. You're right. And passing the torch of those things along to the next generation. And I so love, I know we've probably said this three times in this show, but I love what um, Congressman Gosar said at the top of hour number one, that you know, it's the family involvement that makes all the difference that when, you know, maybe when parents say things to kids, they might, kids might roll their eyes. But when grandparents also are, are telling uh, their grandchildren, those same people, um, the same information, suddenly the eyes light up and they're like, oh, what well, grandma said or grandpa right. said. So take your opportunities to influence your spheres of influence. Um your carpool, the people that you talk to at the office, the PTA, the dinner table. It's so important. Right. And, you know, the truth will set you free. And so all you gun restrictors, gun rights restrictors out there, just, you know, have a, a real conversation. Like, talk to somebody that, that likes guns and ask them how a background check isn't going to be effective. Mm-hmm. You know, you think they are. Right. Just ask. And why we need ammo so that we can practice. Right. So that we can stay proficient. So that we can stay safe. Yeah, if ammo is really, the more expensive ammo is, the less you shoot. Right. And we're shooting at harmless targets out there. We're, you know, shooting paper targets to learn to shoot and be more proficient with our guns. Right, so we so shoot you tax at what us, we aim at. We can't shoot as of, much. Yeah, instead of having a innocent yeah. bystander. Um, but anyway, great show. Oh, my goodness. Thank you to our tech crew. Thank you to our listeners. To, thank you to our guests. We really value everyone's time. It is your most finite commodity, and we do value that. And until next time, pray for our nation. Pray for our leaders. 
All of them? All of them, Dan. Even the ones you don't like. Well, I'm going to kind of sway away from the Connecticut area right now on certain <laughs> ones. Especially but, the but, ones you don't like. Be good to each other. But they might tax me. Have a great week and God bless. Our founding fathers here in this country brought about the only true revolution that has ever taken place in man's history. Every other revolution simply exchanged one set of rulers for another set of rulers. But only here did that little band of men so advance beyond their time that the world has never seen their like since evolve the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free.